Namaste. Welcome to Buddha's teaching. My name is Soti Tim. First of all, I'd like to pay respect to the Triple Gems. I'd like to pay respect to the Buddha. I'd like to pay respect to the Dharma. And I'd like to pay respect to the Sangha. Hello again. Glad to be here. Glad that uh, you got to listen. Glad that I get to share some of the stuff that I think is of beneficial to everyone, including myself. So today I like to go over some more of some of the uh, more of the uh, verses the uttering of the Buddha, which is in the Dhammapada. Okay, so I want to go over some of the uh, the the words that are pair, the pair, the paired words, verses. Uh, okay, so let me see. This is verse verse 3 and 4 right. he abused me he struck me he overpowered me he robbed me those who harbor such thoughts do not steal their hatred okay so that's verse number 3 let me read it again he abused me he struck me, he overpowered me, he robbed me. Those who harbor such thoughts do not steal their hatred. Which means that when you say those things, he abused me, struck me, overpowered me, he robbed me, or all those things, that means you're full of anger and hatred inside of you. So, Verse number four, which is the opposite, is He abused me, he struck me, he overpowered me, he robbed me. Okay, the same. Those who do not harbor such thoughts steal their hatred. Okay, so it's the opposite. Even though, you know, the, the first sentence is the same but the second sentence have the exact opposite um, uh, action that say those who do not harbor such thoughts steal their hatred okay so we're gonna go over that okay the next pair of verses the uttering of the buddha Hatred is never appeased by hatred in this world. By non-hatred alone is hatred appeased. This is a law eternal. Okay. Okay, well this one is not, it's not like a pair, but it's all like go together. So that was verse number five. Let me read it again. 
Hatred is never appeased by hatred in this world. By non-hatred alone is hatred appeased. Appeased. This is a law eternal. Okay. So, another word, as long as you harbor hatred within you, and when you harbor hatred, meaning you have, you keep that anger inside of you, you that means you're holding grudge against a person. And when you're holding grudge against a person, first of all, you are burning yourself, okay? Um, you are torturing yourself. That is the very first thing that you do is uh, you when you harbor hatred toward anyone, okay? You harbor negativity inside. And that negativity is not good to to your own psyche. You get all kinds of stress and anger and all kinds. It's a, it's it's a, a a an eternal burning inside of you that you keep carrying it everywhere you go. Okay, so hatred is not so the only way to appease that. Hatred is, you know what, is love, right? Non-hatred. So by non-hatred alone is hatred a peace. This is a law eternal. Okay. And oh, the other part of it is that when you harbor hatred, you always think of something negative toward the other person okay you hate the person and when you hate somebody you're always the, the not you the, your mind is always thinking of something to get back at the person okay to hurt the person back so that's a that's a negative uh, thinking also so first of all when you harbor hatred the, the, the first person that you hurt is yourself, okay? Because you're creating all this anxiety, stress, depression, or um, all kinds of uh, disease as a result, you know, the sickness as a result of not being happy. And that's you. Your body is the uh, receiver. It's the first receiver. And then the second is the person who you hate uh, so you always think of something to get back, you know, to that person, uh, to win over that person, to whatever. So you intend to hurt or to harm others, okay, uh, the other person. So as long as you keep doing that, um, the world will never be at peace because there's this this boomerang um, action going back and forth, you know the karma going back and forth, the the binding of the 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 action that keep us in this uh, loop that we call samsara. Okay, okay. So and the next verse is there are those who do not realize that one day we all must die. But those who do realize this, settle their quarrels.
Okay. So that is very. It sounds very simple. Okay, but it's very profound, depending on the level of understanding of each person. All right. So. Let me read it again. There are those who do not realize that one day, we all must die. This phrase here sounds very simple to a lot of people because we all know that one day we all will die. We all know that, okay? But even we know that, we do not think that death will come anytime soon, okay? We said, yeah, well, I know we're gonna, uh, one day we're all gonna, we're all gonna die. But for me, not tomorrow, not today, probably when I, uh, let's say, get to 80 years old, 100 years old, or whatever. That's what most other people think is, they put it way to the back of their mind, way, 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 way back, because they think that's not gonna happen. And of course, also, they have the same thinking about their loved one. Let's say about their spouse, about their kids, about their parents, about their best friend. Okay. They say, yeah, we all want that one, one day we all, we all die. But not my friend, not my best friend, not my, not my dog. Okay. Not my kids. They're young, you know, not my wife, not my husband. They're okay, it's fine. You see, those are the things that so like we don't think that they're going to die anytime soon. They're going to die, but they're going to die at old age. That's what we all um, hope, and that's what we all think, that everyone will die, yeah, understand? But until when we get older, later in life. So at the moment, nobody think about death. Okay, and that is the mistake that we all make. Okay, we sort of put that away somewhere far, far to the back of the mind. And that is the, that is the mistake that we all make. So the, the second sentence in verse number six is, but those who do realize this settle their quarrels. But for those who realize about this one day that we all die, then they settle their quarrel, meaning that they forgive each other. They don't, you know, uh, fight as much. Because the one who realized that death does not always does not always happen when we grow older. Death can always happen at any moment. Okay, that's what it implies. For those who realize that death can come at any moment. Those are the ones who settle their quarrels fast. Okay, they say it's not worth the fighting. It's not worth holding grudge. 
it's not worth to have anger or negative feeling inside him or herself and also to have negative feelings toward others because they come to this realization that death can come pretty easily and very quick. All of a sudden, things just change just like that. Okay? Um, I, I know I've seen a lot of people, young and old, okay, um, die at, people die at all ages. I understand that most people think that only uh, when we get older, then uh, people die as, you know, I mean, expected as a natural uh, way that when you get older, you die. But they don't think about young people, young folks who could also die based on the many factors that uh, we know. And especially, and the more we don't know, the more, as you see this, this day, as the level of stress and anxiety are increasing in the in the, the society today and there are more uh, destruction in people's lives and so life as life get more complicated and believe it or not is uh, uh, technology is is one factor one major uh, cont- contributor to to the stressful life and life can come to an abrupt end just like that okay at any moment okay so one who realize that death can come at any moment they settle their quarrels okay they say it's not worth fighting right because life is not to be living with this kind of negative emotion or feeling inside and also outside toward others. That's what life is all about, right? Life is all about living peacefully and experience what we are experiencing, right? So that's all there is to it. So once um, you realize that, you put away the fight, you forgive each other. So forgiveness is one big powerful uh, tool. Uh, it's it's a, a very powerful um, act, action because forgiveness, first of all, when you forgive someone, okay, the very moment that you forgive someone, you would you feel like this the dark cloud has been lifted, or the heavy weight that has been put off from your shoulder. It's just like whew, okay, right. So, who benefit first? The first person to benefit from forgiving somebody is the very person, him or herself, that benefit first. So when you forgive someone, look, let's say you were holding grudge or you have been angry with at someone for a long time or whatever it is, 
Okay, I know there's so many things in life that we can see there are a lot of things that we can't let go of that that uh, feeling that you have. Okay, towards somebody who had hurt you so much from the past, had done so, either physical, uh, you know, uh, physical harm or or mentally harming you, you cannot forget that. And no one can forget eight things that happened, already happened, because it's already registered in the memory. And once it's in the memory, you cannot erase the memory unless you die. Okay? So memories is memories. And it's okay, it's in the memories, you let it stay there. But you don't have to live with that memory. You don't have to remind yourself and go back and live with that memory. See? And when you forgive that person, and I'm talking about not just, okay, I'll forgive you, but then again, the next time you think about it, the same feeling arise again. No, that's not true forgiving. True forgiving is really genuine and only you know for a fact that, okay, I forgive you. And no more, uh, do, do not hold any more uh, anger or hatred toward that person. And that requires understanding, and that re- that requires a high level of understanding from you. Okay, and what does it mean by a high level of understanding? It requires the view from from a a from the wisdom. Okay, it requires an understanding, a high level of understanding of what life is about. Okay, it requires some kind of acceptance from you toward the person. It requires a deep level of understanding about the situation of what happened. And that is not easy, but that is a virtue that we all need to practice because and to practice that we need to understand what life is all about which is that's what the buddha teaching is all about okay so for example like me okay i my originally i come i come from cambodia i don't know if uh, any of you is aware of what went on in Cambodia in 1970, between 1975 and 1979, right? So I'm going to take you a little back into history, okay? After the, I mean, you all know about the Vietnam War, right? But Cambodia, which is next to Vietnam, was also involved in that war, in backing the U.S. government uh, fighting the the North Vietnamese communists. Okay, and because of all that, when when the uh, 
when when Vietnam fell um, under the communists, so did Cambodia. Okay, and during that time from nineteen seventy five to nineteen seventy nine. As you all, some of you may have known, there were genocide in within Cambodia. Okay, they they kill people by the millions, and I don't have to go into the details. Okay, it was hell on earth. Uh, that was a fact because I lived through those three and a half years, close almost four years. Okay. So during that time, that was the darkest time of my life back then. And I lost my sister, I lost my father, and I lost uh, also my grandmother. Okay, so our, uh, our family, we lost... Uh, my father, my sister, and my, my grandma, and because that's the group that uh, I was in. And I still had, after that period, I still had my mom and my, my, uh, my two other brothers and sisters survived through it. But there were families that wiped out, families and families, total family wiped. So, as you can tell, I still got emotional, okay, when I think about it. And, after, you know, after that time, and until now, for many, many Cambodian people, they still held within their heart, okay, they still held, or they still hold within their heart that anger, the hatred, okay, the hatefulness toward people who had done that, okay, and some of those people are in power even right now, okay, running the country, and there are people who are the in the opposition to that, to the current government, and I mean, you can, you can tell, you know. As soon as you open up the, the story from the past, you can see the anger and the hatred rising within people. And they still, you know, if they have the opportunity, they would, um, you know, hurt the other, the, the person if they could, okay, uh, to harm or even kill them. And I used to have the same exact feeling. You know, because it was such a bad period of time that we went through. Okay, so when we come out, we of course, you know, with all kinds of um, anger raging inside. Okay, when you lose your family and things like that, you know, you, you want to get your hand on the other person who had done that. And you, yes, you would kill that person back. Right, and even though you cannot, but you still hold on to that feeling inside. Okay, so again, like right now, so 
Fast forward to today. What's happening right now in Ukraine? How you think people, Ukrainian people, think right now? How they feel right now? There's full of anger and hatred within. Okay, so this is what is happening in the human mind. Okay, there's nobody can is gonna be able to forgive what Russia is doing to their country, to their family. There are thousands and thousands of people are dying every 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 day. This harm is happening every single day. Okay, and that is just a that's a, that's a big scale of uh, you know things. But of course, there are also things that happen that's happening right now in other part of the world that is not the frontline news or headline news, but it happens a lot. Okay, so back to forgiving. So that's why it requires a high level of understanding in order for you or someone to forgive what had happened to uh, to us. Okay, up until the time that I got to understand what the Buddha taught, I held the same feeling toward those people in that 70, 70s era that had hurt millions and killed millions of people in Cambodia. Okay, I had held the same feeling, anger and hatred toward those people. But after understanding, after learning what the Buddha taught, I have come to that realization and I was able to forgive them. Okay, there's no more hateful feeling, no more grudge holding toward them because there's a level of understanding within me toward those people. And, that, and it's a feeling that is difficult for you to understand unless you get to that understanding level of understanding also regarding people do what people do according to the, the, the karma, according to the ignorance of the mind. Okay, because that's why ignorance of the mind is so, is so, so pervasive and that's why one of the things that the Buddha taught is that what is it what is the what are the three poison in human uh, that cause suffering in human life greed right the three poisons are greed okay anger or hate anger or slash hatred and ignorance moha those are the three poison the three poison that make that turn everything upside down in this world okay is greed anger or hatred and ignorance okay and all those three happen right now in Ukraine all those three happen in Cambodia 
all those three happen in all the places that are going through suffering because of greed, anger, or hatred, and it's based on ignorance because people have no clue what the heck they are doing. If they understand, if they know what life is all about, they would not do the, the, the things that they do do. Okay, it's, but it is because due to ignorance in life, about life, people do stupid things. People do things to hurt and harm others just in the name of being right. Okay, do you think like right now if you go ask Russian people, the soldier or Putin himself, you think he thinks that he is wrong? Of course not. Because he thinks he is right, that's why he's doing it. Okay? But it, his right is based on his own perception alone. Right? And unfortunately, that thing that is based on ignorance. Because the thinking of being right is not the same as a right view in the Eightfold Noble Path. You see, people think that they are right. And because people think that they are right, everyone thinks they are right. They do things according to what they think. And everyone thinks that what they do is right. But why is it that wrong? it's wrong to other people? You see, so the word right when it's based on personal on personal uh, thinking is has no meaning okay it has no meaning because it's based on personal experience it's based on ignorance and when you do things based on ignorance you tend to hurt and harm yourself as well as others this is the point that I have mentioned a few times in my previous episode. This is what Jesus saw also. That's why even though they put him on the cross, he still said, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. You see? Be, uh, Jesus also understood this. Jesus said that people are doing things because they are ignorant. They have no clue what they are doing. So with that level of understanding, you cannot find hatred toward people. That's why even though he was put on the cross, he could not find in himself anger or hatred toward the people who were killing him. But see, this requires a high level of understanding of what life is all about. And that's the only way that you can find forgiveness within yourself to, to, for others. And that kind of level of understanding arise, can only arise within you when you understand what life is, what your mind is doing, 
about everything that is happening. Okay, and that's why we need to study about ourselves. That's why we need to study about ourselves, about our own mind, our own thinking, because that's what it's all about. The world runs on the power of the mind. Okay. So let me continue to a couple more uh, verses here. So verse number eight, I mean some number seven and number eight, and these are pair. Okay, so verse number seven. Just as a storm throws down a weak tree, so does Mara overpower the man who lives for the pursuit of pleasure. Who is uncontrolled in his senses, immoderate in eating, indolent, and dissipated. Okay, so I don't know. Some of you may know what Mara is. Mara is uh, what I call the defilement of the mind. Okay, or the enemies of the of the of the mind or of the of the holy um, holy self I'm gonna say so Mara is evil okay Mara is defilement so let me read it again just as a storm throws down a weak tree so does Mara overpower the man who lives for the pursuit of pleasure, and in this case, not just man, right? Man slash woman. So, but we just gonna say man. It's just for the sake of uh, you know, conversation or easy. Just as a storm throws down a weak tree, so does Mara overpower the man who lives for the pursuit of pleasures, who is uncontrolled in his senses. Immoderate in eating, indolent, and dissipated. Okay. Alright. Next. Verse number 8. is similar. Just as a storm cannot prevail against a rocky mountain, so Mara can never overpower the man who lives meditating on the impurities, who is controlled in his senses, moderate in eating, and filled with faith and earnest effort. Okay. So, let me read that one more time. Just as a storm cannot prevail against a rocky mountain. So Mara can never overpower the man who lives meditating on the impurities, who is controlled in his senses, moderate in eating, and filled with faith and earnest effort. 
Okay. So this is the uttering of the Buddha. If you just understand this one verse through and through, okay, if you just understand this one verse, okay, you understand what the Buddha taught. It has a lot in it. Okay, so let me go over this. Just as a storm throws down a weak tree, what is the storm? Okay, what is the storm? Just as a storm throws down a weak tree, so does Mara overpower the man. Okay, so what is the storm? And the next verse is, just as the storm cannot prevail against a rocky mountain, so Mara can never overpower the man who lives meditating on the impurities. What is the rocky mountain? Okay, what is the rocky mountain? What is the storm? The storm is the experiences that we are encountering right now at every single moment in our life. That is the storm. Okay? We are going through our everyday life right now. We have conversation, we are reading, we are seeing, we are hearing, we are in contact with everything around us. That is the storm. Okay? That is the storm. It's not anywhere else. The storm is everything that we are experiencing. So, we experience things through our eyes, our ears, nose, our tongues, which is a taste, and our physical touch. And this is the storm. And why do I say that? Think about this. Why is this the storm? Because this is how the mind reacts. When we see things, we react. Okay? When we see good things, we react positively. When we see bad things, we react negatively. When we hear good sound, we react positively. When we hear bad sound, we react negatively. So on and so forth. You see? You see the things that change from one moment to the next? That's our mind. The mind is changing because of the experience that we are encountering right now. Breathe in and breathe out. You are experiencing life. Okay? This is the storm. 
when you don't understand this experience, okay, when you don't understand this experience, which we call the storm, you will be lost and the storm will blow you away. Because what is this experience that I'm talking about? The, the experience that we are encountering. What do men go after? The pursuit of pleasure. Right? The pursuit of happiness, right? The uncontrollable urge in different kinds of pleasure to uh, please the, the, the senses. Okay? This is the storm. You have conversation and somebody says something that you don't like. That is the storm. That is the defilement. Right there. Okay? And when you don't realize this, the storm will blow through you, will wreck havoc inside of you. All kinds of emotion and feeling is stirred up inside. Because the storm is blowing right through you. The storm of experiences that you are encountering one breath at a time. It's nowhere else. It's right here, right now, that you are experiencing. After you listening to this, or even now, when you, while you're listening to this, somebody says something or whatnot, and then boom, you react and you yell back or whatever. That is the storm. Okay? When you sit down to meditate and somebody bang on somebody somewhere and, and, and then you, and then your mind go, say, oh, what? I can't meditate. What is this? That is the storm. You see, that is the storm. That is right there. All this experience that you are experiencing, that is the storm that is going through you. Everything you see, everything you hear, you smell, you taste, that is the storm. That is your Mara. Okay? So, what is it that you go to do? Can you stop that storm? Of course not. You cannot stop that storm, right? That is natural. That is nature. People talk. You see things. You hear sound. You smell odor. You taste taste, food, whatever. You feel cold and hot. That is natural. That is nature. And that nature becomes the storm 
because you do not understand it. It blows right through you and you react to all kinds of phenomenon that is happening inside you. That is the storm that throws you upside down. Okay? You go through the different emotion, like, dislike, like, dislike, love, hate, hate, love, proud, humiliated, praise, whatever, depressed, anxious, man, so on. You count it. You go ahead and count it. That is the storm of your life. You are experiencing it. Until you stop breathing. Okay? So, what about the, when the storm comes? And what if you say, okay, so there's nothing that you can do with this natural phenomenon. Because you are part of this nature. You are also part of the storm. You can be a storm to other person, to other people. You can say things that hurt people or people don't like. Right? So you are also part of the storm, which is part of nature. Other people are part of the storm, a part of nature. So what, what are you to do? There's nothing. There's nothing you do. Okay? There's nothing that you are going to change anything out there. You cannot change people from saying things to, to, to meet your expectation, to make you happy. Okay? You cannot tell people to act like this, to behave like that. To, you cannot do that. That is nature. That's the way it is. So what is it that the Buddha taught? Change yourself. Change yourself. That's the one that you can control. You cannot control all the things that is happening out there. But you with your own mind, that's the one thing that you can change. You can tell you your mind, you can say, okay, I'm not going to go crazy with this. So you become at peace. You can say, I will forgive you for doing harm to me because you don't you know not what you do. If you understand that your behavior or your action hurt me, I don't think you want to do that. But it's based on ignorance that whatever people do so you can forgive them because it is based on the ignorance that people have.
Okay, and that yes requires a deeper level of understanding about life. Okay, so when you get to understand, and when you stop going crazy with all the the sense pleasure, you become that rocky mountain. That mount your mountain will become solidified. It doesn't mean that you will have no feeling. But there's something special developed inside of you. It's called compassion, which is totally different from pleasure, from happiness, from joy. From the different kind of feelings that you have. Okay. Because when you start to understand life, and throughout all of this, I still keep saying you, 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 right? Me, 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 I, I, I. As you have listened. To my previous podcast, the I is identified as some kind of self, right? And of course, that's one of the teaching regarding non-self I. That is a very profound teaching of by the Buddha. As we all know, as you know, okay, about the I. See who you think you are, right? Is based on your consciousness. Correct. When you sleep, you are unconscious. There's no I. Right, the eye is gone. So the eye, the really, the the eye is not something that is concrete. That is like there all all the time. It doesn't exist. That eye. The eye that you are referring to, it doesn't exist. It only exists when you awake. When you become conscious, when your senses wakes up from from the rest overnight, that eye comes back. So what is it? The eye is the consciousness that come to cognize the environment, the experiences that. The physical form is able to perceive, to come to recognize, and the eye arise. Right. So that word "eye" is only a, a reference point. 
towards something. But in actuality, that I does not exist. Okay? So, you and me and everyone in the ultimate sense, we don't exist. But in the conventional sense, yes, you are there, I'm here. You recognize things, you cognize things, you experience things. But when you go to sleep, when your consciousness is gone, the eye is gone. So who's living? Is there a, a Joe or Bob is living? See, those are just the name. Who is living? There is no who. Is there? Think about that. Is there someone living? There isn't. In the ultimate sense, there is no one living. There is no you living. But living does exist. But there is no you, there is no I, you see? You only come to be you right now because you are conscious. When you're not conscious, there is no you. You is gone. When you're drunk, you're completely gone. You're conscious. You don't even know who you are. And people with Parkinson's disease, Alzheimer's, who've lost their memory, do they know who they are? No. So who you are is based on your consciousness that is connected to your memory. You see? Who you truly are is consciousness connected to memories. When you're not conscious, when you're asleep or you're drunk, it's the same thing as being dead. Nothing's different. Nothing at all. So, if there is no one living, I mean, there's no quote-unquote you living, is there anyone dying? There isn't. There's no one living implies that there is no one dying either. Okay? You exist based on your consciousness. You are conscious. When you are conscious, your mind works, right? And your mind, what is your mind that you're working right now, that's working right now, that you're conscious based on your mind? Your mind is based on the memories on the experiences that your senses are going through right now. Your senses going through all the different experiences right now. From 
from nanosecond to nanosecond, it ex they experience things, and you come to recognize this. You become conscious to it, and that you is nowhere to be found. It's just consciousness itself. It's an energy that it's like a like a shock of energy, like a, like a like you jump the car. You know, you give life to to the car. The same thing, life requires that energy that jump up and then you become conscious. Your body become, it's like a running, like a car running because it has power, energy. Okay, without energy, then the 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 heart will stop pumping. Then it's gone. Okay, so on the conventional sense. Yes, there's body there, there's a name of Bob or Sue or whatever, yes. But in the ultimate sense, there is no you. Okay, there is experiences that is happening all the time. So this is something that for you to, to think about. Okay, so who you truly are is just experiences. And when you're conscious, you become conscious when the senses wake up, it connects to your memories. So that's why memories is, can be important as a big influence on people. Because memories are experiences that we accumulate over time, right? And we identify ourselves based on that memories. And we call that as an I. So consciousness is just consciousness. When you wake up, you're aware that, okay, there's life here, a lie. And then it connects to the memory and it becomes something that you have a story behind it. And that becomes you, that you identify yourself with. So look into that. Who is that you that you identify yourself with? It's just memories. It's just experiences. But consciousness is what makes us all aware of our surrounding, of what is going on right now. Without consciousness, You have no you. There's no you. Okay. There's still life. I mean, let's look at a a a drunk person. There's life in the person, but the person has no clue of who he or she is. You see. So that is something for you to think about because I'm coming up to my end here. Hopefully, if you have any question. You can leave me a voice message. Until next time. Alright. Namaste.